When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey. Troubled, sensitive, artistic. Judd Zolgad. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Blitz, Rams bring it, Keenum gets rid of it, Thielen makes the move, and Thielen! Off to the races, touchdown! You know, I, I know this football team, I like this team, the way they work, you know, they got a bunch of good guys, you know, win or lose today, um, I think I think I know who, who this football team is. Um, they're going to give it their all every single time. They're going to fight and battle, and um, for the most part, we're going to play smart. We did some dumb things today, but for the most part, we're going to play smart. We're going to play tough football, and, um, you know, we take care of the ball usually and, you know, play the game the right way, I think. Mike Zimmer talking about this 8-2 and two football team. I love the question you posed uh, in our pre-show meeting. How will this season end? And, I, I mean, it's, it's a very simple question. It's like on the surface. Oh, how will the season end for the Vikings? But it's a loaded question because yes. of the history that we have to fight mentally in trying to answer it. So knowing the history of this franchise, going back a half century, mm-hmm. but also knowing how great this defense is, mm-hmm. And how much this offense is able to move the ball and how impressive they've been through 10 games. Mm-hmm. We posed the question, how will this season end? And we have a bunch of responses on Twitter that we can go through. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And I only thought of this because I got a tweet last night at the game that said something along the lines of, why are you being so positive when, when you know how it's going to end? So I tweeted the person back. I'm like, okay. You might be right, but nonetheless, they just played a really good game, so let's at least have fun. And I immediately got two or three tweets back saying, oh, no, 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 this is going to end poorly. This is, I thought to myself, we are so scarred. We are so damaged that, and and I think uh, I think a lot of it is because a lot of, of Vikings fans' experience begins in 1998. And so you have a lot of fans that have... The NFC title game in 98, the 41 donut game in what, 2000, the 2009 game, and that's that's it. So, but I, I'm just, I'm always amazed, as negative as I think I can be, I'm always amazed by the fact that you've got a fan base that loves this team that is waiting for something to go wrong. Well, I mean, there's that, that's the thing. There's no reference points as a fan to point to anything else. That's the problem. If you're a Patriots fan and your team starts pretty slow, it doesn't matter because you have 20 years of reference points pointing you to 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium, and hoisting championships. Um, I have, let me find this. I'm trying to do a poll here. Mm-hmm. And I just logged out of the, <laughs> I just logged out of my Twitter account. But I, I'm going to read you some of these responses from fans. Because I don't know how this is going to end. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it can end in a championship a certain percentage of the time. I think we're, I think this, there's been a lot of Vikings teams like the 2012 team that went 10 and 6 and Peterson carried that team on its back and they went to the playoffs, but there was a 0% chance that team could win a championship. I think this team can win a championship. I think the Patriots are more likely to, and we'll see how this thing plays out. Mm -hmm. But uh, here's some of the responses. Mm -hmm. TC says an outdoor loss in the playoffs. So that would be at Philadelphia, probably at this point. Because, well, I guess you could still finish behind the Rams to play a road playoff game. It would have to be against an NFC opponent because obviously, like, the Super Bowl is going to be indoors. So there's only maybe limited chances. Right. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, this is a, it's a good point here. Uh, this uh, Dan says ten and six lose in the first round, and I honestly can't tell if I'm kidding or not. Next three to four games will tell us a lot about how good they really are. Okay. Um, Ali says NFC title game is a good possibility. Whether they win or not depends on where the game is played. Mm-hmm. So yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. I'm going to post a poll here while we have this discussion too, mm-hmm. and I need help with the third option. I've got the poll thing open here on my screen. How will this season end? One of the options is going to be championship. Mm-hmm. Another option has to be catastrophic loss in playoffs, right? Yes. I think there's a Brady-Belichick end-your-season option where you run through the NFC playoffs and you get to your first Super Bowl since the 70s, and it's a home Super Bowl, and it's two weeks of lead-up and celebration. Four choices. Four. Okay. And you get there, and it's bleeping Brady and Belichick that you run into, and they dismantle you because it's Brady and Belichick. Uh, two should be two should be catastrophic playoff loss. Three should be the unlikely ordinary playoff loss. So just a normal playoff loss that they go into the game and it's too bad they they lose. But there's nothing there's nothing memorable mm. about it. They just lose the game. I don't think that's an option with the Vikings. And then, I think it's catastrophic for Vikings fans regardless. Yeah. And then and then four. What would what would be a non catastrophic playoff loss? You'd have to describe that because I don't know if that exists. You lose. If this team is as good as people think it is, and then they lose in the playoffs, you lose. Tw- what would be a non-catastrophic playoff loss? You lose twenty-one fourteen. The ordinary, ordinary loss, ordinary loss to a team that just beat you. If Philadelphia is a better team, you go there, you play a close game, your defense plays well, and you lose twenty-one to fourteen. Just an ordinary loss. How about option one, Super Bowl championship? Option two can be deep playoff run, but a loss. Option three, early round exit. Option four, yeah, meltdown ordinary. pre-playoffs. I think I, uh, I think early round is I think ordinary. Any playoff loss would feel catastrophic. Like it would take okay, a, but it, but if you get blown out, it's catastrophic. But, if you lose a close game, catastro- it's catastrophic. Catastrophic means you you have a wide left or wide right Kai Forbath field goal or a Case Keenum or Teddy pick. That's catastrophic. Where where you can point to the loss with one name, right? Gary Anderson, Brett Favre. So we could go iconic catastrophic playoff loss. <laughs> you could have a twenty-one fourteen loss where you just lose the game, and there's no one person to blame for it. You just lose. Here's what I think is important, though, and th- and this is where the listeners, the fan base, needs to get on the imaginary couch here, and some therapy has to be done. Here's my question. 
What are you afraid of? What's scaring you right now? Heartbreak. But what? But in what form? Yeah, feeling horrible Kai, like you did but, in '98. But in what form? Kai Forbath, Mike Zimmer making some type of colossal coaching mistake. There's any number Case of Keenum reasons the girl can huge... say no to your invitation to the prom, Judd. You but, know, I, actually, you know what? He, to your point, let's try and get past that to get to a good place. I think I, I like the sports therapist angle here. I think people fear Kai Forbath more than they fear Case Keenum. Okay. And I would challenge them on that. Okay. Because it's it's been done both ways. Would. It's been done both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think if you could rank the things that people are nervous about, even if this team were to go 14-2 and two and play home playoff games the entire time if they wanted to, mm-hmm. Kai Forbath would rank number one, right? Don't Let you guys think that, oh my, and it's not just him, like it's, the kickers before him that yes. have put him in the Gary spot. Gary Anderson. Yes. yes. L- let me give you my three. My number three is, and this, this I think, this scares me because it hasn't happened recently, but I could see it completely happening. A Zim meltdown of some sort with the clock or something catastrophic. He tends to get very excited. And and a lot of coaches have this problem, and it ordinarily can work out. But in games of huge magnitudes, all it takes is one coach to get excited for twelve guys to actually accidentally end up in the huddle. All right. So number three for me is something that Zim would do to trigger some type of panic that would then lead to a catastrophic mistake that would lead to your your demise. What do you think they're talking about That's on Boston three. Sports Radio today? How Belichick's going to kick butt? <laughs> How Belichick's going to come to... Actually, you know what? Like, we're sitting here talking they're ourselves like, into, like, 12 minutes in the like, huddle. Oh, my God. Minneapolis, oh really? God. We got to go to Minneapolis in February for a football game? <laughs> it's just who's going to lose first, Patriots or Celtics? <laughs> Number two of my concerns is Forbath. Now, up until... Keep in mind, up until Sunday, Forbath had missed, since joining the Vikings, one field goal attempt. What actually worries me a little bit more, PATs. I could see the PAT thing getting in his head again. You're in a crucial game. The point means something, and he misses. And then one is that they, for me at least, that Keenum starts the entire year, and he throws that one pick that we've been waiting for. But those are the three things that would scare me. Those are the three things if I was a Viking fan where if I was convinced something was going to go really wrong, it'd be one of those three things. Uh, so let's do this for the poll then. Championship, devastating interception, Kai Forbath cost you, or Patriots beat you in the Super Bowl. Okay. So one option is championship, and the other the other three are not championship, but different ways in which you could not win the championship. Your demise. Is that fair? Okay. I think that's very All fair. Right, we'll overthink this. We're going to post this and see what happens. I think that's very fair. Uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We uh, have our quarterback cesspool challenge coming up. Later on this hour, and credit to Judd Zolgad for probably, probably the pick of the of the season on the quarterback cesspool challenge. Thank you. It fell into your lap, but you made the it right did, pick. But thank you. you. You did what you had to do. Uh, before we go anywhere, I want to tell you guys about somebody I've been working with for almost a full year now. It was last February that the Chris Lindahl team helped me sell my condo within three hours of putting it on the market. And I got to be honest. Without getting into too many details here, when we had the meeting about what the listing price should be, I thought, that feels a little high. Are you guys sure? And they had done 
weeks of research saying, absolutely sure, you know, follow our list, we'll help you stage it, we'll trust us on this. I got top dollar for my condo, and it happened within three hours of putting it on the market. It was an incredible process. Uh, I'm so excited to be sharing the message of the Chris Lindahl team. And he's a giving guy. It's a giving team. And so to say thank you to listeners in a big way for the holidays, somebody's going to win a free listing contract with the Chris Lindahl team. That means a family is going to get their house sold for free with the full marketing that goes with it. To enter this holiday listing giveaway that's good through December 15th, go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or call 763-401-SOLD. ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. The Chris Lindahl team. The number one REMAX results team. Okay, let's go. Running their mouths counts as a morning run, right? Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. Are there times when Workcase does the throw the pass like you did and you go, oh boy, is that going to work? And, and then it seems to well, work. Well, I don't really say is that going to work, but... Sim- well, you launched it down, you know, you yeah, set yourself uh, for a second, that could be a hit, so. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of things at that point. But he's got a horseshoe right now. Uh, here are the poll results. How will this Viking season end? The top vote getter right now is championship. 32% say championship. All right. 25% say devastating interception. 27% say Kai Forbath costs you. And 16% say the Patriots will beat you in the Super Bowl, which would be very devastating. In fact, wouldn't they be the only team to lose five Super Bowls? Has anyone lost five Super Bowls? What if Buffalo went to Buffalo lost four. four. Denver lost four, right? Is Denver at four? I think they are. I don't know. I don't think yeah, so. Denver lost three I, with John Elway. I think you might be and right. Then they lost, uh, think you're right. They lost to the Seahawks. So yeah. So it could be a, it could be it could be a record setting loss. That's the question we're posing. People are people are great with these answers. I'm just going to read some of these tweets. Um, oh, Broncos are at five. Bro- oh, are they? Broncos are at five. Oh, they must. Have, oh, they lost one before Patriots, uh, got there. Too, Patriots, right? Vikings, and Bills have lost four. Okay, and, and the Patriots are five and four. By the way, in those games, they've only been to nine. <laughs> must be tough. Uh, someone tweets in here. Charlie Brown never stopped believing, and neither will I. Matt Matt tweets in. Super Bowl over Patriots, 28 to 24. Harrison Smith pick in the red zone with under a minute. Wow, that's very specific. Um, Will says blowing a late lead or safe lead in the last seconds is how it's going to end. Um, let's see here. Cody says it'll end with fire and blood. <laughs> Jesse it's says on Twitter, other team has the ball down a score as time runs out, but the Vikes get a penalty. The other team gets an untimed down to go and score a game-winning touchdown. Oh, how do you sleep God. at night when you think like you that? You know this, but this is how you you if it's like the end of uh, the movie Eight Mile. If you can just list all the things yeah. that they were going to say about you, yes. then you eliminate those things as uh, insults, right? Kevin as says. Ke- Kevin says the the Vikings are driving with less than a minute left, down four, fourth and goal from the nine, pass to Thielen. And he drops. He drops it. it. Oh. And he drops the ball. Six five one six four six eight two five five. How will this season end? What's up, Mike? You're on the show. There is no way that the football gods are going to allow Minnesota to be in the Super Bowl. As much as I love them, and I am a diehard fan, I've been a fan since I can remember. But there's no way it's going to happen. We're just we don't get to celebrate the story. We don't get it. We we never get that story. 
Well, I would I would argue, Mike, that if the football gods wanted to continue to toy with the Vikings and Vikings fans, allowing them to get to a home Super Bowl and then two weeks of hype and excitement and a big festival and, and winter party and then being dismantled by the Patriots or beat in last-minute fashion by the Patriots or the Steelers or whoever it may be, that that would be the best way to really toy with our emotions. No, this year we're going to lose like we lost to the Giants in the playoffs. That's going to be an a, a insanely ugly loss. Eagles? Just, Who? Probably the Eagles. All right. And it's just going to be ugly. And I mean like 42 nothing. I don't think so. And don't get me wrong. I love my Vikings and they break my heart every year. <laughs> but I'm trying not even to watch games this year because I, they're, they're going to break my heart. Their defense is really yeah. good though, Mike. I, I don't yeah, think they. Like, I don't think they get forty two put up on them. That's the thing. Something's gonna happen. It's it's gonna be just like where this, they call like literally a, the the perfect set of plays against us. You know, Judd, Judd is like the uh, the Vikings fan Freddy Krueger. Hey, why don't you just lay down for five minutes? You can sleep. I don't think it's gonna. You can yeah, sleep for five it. minutes. Hey, come on and take a nap. How about this theory? Considering the game will be at U.S. Bank Stadium, Vikings have the ball down. Five points. Time is winding down. You've got a fourth and goal with two seconds left to play. Pass completed. Back of the end zone to Diggs or Thielen. Touchdown. Game win, Game over. Vikings win. The Gallahorn goes. The skull clap goes. Purple and gold confetti falling from the ceiling. Oh, wait. Did he complete the process of the oh, catch before no! going to the ground? No! We go to replay review, no. overturned Patriots win Super Bowl. <laughs> Upon further review, <laughs> no. the Vikings still have not won a Super Bowl. Oh. They are 0-5. Kyle Rudolph did not catch the ball. You know wow. what? That's a that's a great point in that I think we spend a lot of time thinking about the ways in which you know a, a bad umpire call in baseball could could twist the ending of a World Series game. With all of the rules and possible interpretations of subjective penalties or process of a catch that hasn't really popped up in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl game yet. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we ever have we like really that. had like, no. whoa, man, this is ha- like nope. that Des Bryant play against Green Bay from a few years ago. Huh? And that was in the divisional round of the wild card round of the playoffs. If that had happened in the third or fourth quarter of a tied Super Bowl game. And now we're talking about the definition of a catch. That would be the ultimate Vikings thing, right? <laughs> well, Thielen's got the yellow gloves. Are they below the right. balls and hit the turkey? You can't really see. That's terrible. Oh. What would happen, though? So so let's just say that that the Vikings made it. And let's just even say they, they won the damn game. What would happen to us as a fan base? Because we've all, we've all seen the story, right, about the people that, that buy... The lottery ticket, small town Wisconsin, convenience store, they win the darn thing. And everyone thinks this is the greatest thing ever. I actually waited in line at 10 minutes last night at a pharmacy for someone to buy lottery tickets. Like this old woman was trying to buy all the yep. lottery tickets. Okay. You're, <laughs> and three years. You're, if your life is that. Sorry, go ahead. Three <laughs> years after the fact, Dateline NBC comes along and does a big story on how these people's lives have gone to hell. Since they won the jackpot, are you saying we're like too, we're not mentally prepared I'm saying, to win a are Super we prepa- Bowl? I'm just asking the question: What would happen to us if if that happened? World Series are great and they're fun, and it's been a long time, but there's been two one here. If this team finally broke 
through and won a Super Bowl, what would happen? Well, you would have a better chance to answer this than Dave uh, or or I would because you were around when the Twins won World Series. Were we cocky for a while? Like, did we walk around with a little extra swag? Nicolet, Probably. Nicolet Mall area? Probably, but the, a Super Bowl would be... Were we honking be, more in our cars? But as big as the Twins are, and they're important, the Vikings are so much bigger. I think it'd be... Re- I, I don't know what would happen to us. <laughs> I think there'd I really be different know. reactions. I think for a lot of people, there would be shell shock, disbelief for quite a while. And I think you certainly have the Vikings World Order faction, the the rabid fan faction that would tear this town apart. But would we get insufferable like Packer fans do? Like Patriots fans probably are? I think it would take more than one. Okay. Uh, updated poll results, 32%. How will the Vikings season end? 32% say championship. 24% say devastating interception, 27% say Kai Forbath cost you, and 18% now say the Patriots will beat you in the Super Bowl. Uh, Gary chimes in on Twitter with a how will the season end scenario. This is terrible. Har- Harrison Smith with the would-be game-winning pick six is horse-collared at the five and his leg snaps. Oh. Game and career over? That's unnecessary. Well, if he's horse collar, that's a penalty, though. Game you get another game. shot, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you're being good Or they, they missed the call, I guess, is what he's saying, oh, and it's not reviewable. But the next year, they make it reviewable. And <laughs> they apologize they to the Vikings. Yes. <laughs> the Harrison rule. Uh, Barry chimes in on Twitter here, driving for a last-minute field goal, and there's a procedure penalty on the offense setting up for the field goal. Ten-second runoff ends the game. This is just cruel. Absolutely cruel. Uh, Joel says, how will the season end? Win one playoff game and then lose the next one 14 to 13 after Kai Forbath botches an extra point. That's what I'm worried about. That's on my list. Very specifically, my Forbath concern has nothing to do with field goals. It has everything to do with extra points. It's man up in the noodle, right? There so okay, so Kai here's Forbath. a question for you then. All right. Mm-hmm. If you get to this part in the scenario that Joel paints, mm-hmm. you're on the road at Philadelphia in the NFC championship game, and you're down fourteen to seven, driving late, and Teddy or Case or whoever the hell's quarterbacking the Vikings at that time, touchdown pass, two seconds left or time expires. Do you trust Case Keenum enough, or I'm sorry, Kai Forbath enough? To make the extra point to tie it, or do you say bleep it? There's no time left. We're on the road, anyways. Let's go for two. <laughs> oh, you the, go for two. The, the cojones of and that. And you opt to throw a pass. Keenum still hasn't been sacked now in like 15 games, <laughs> and he just gets hammered on the blind side. Ball pops out. Game over. <laughs> Here's more. Uh, Let's see here. Um, this is a sick exercise right now. This has turned just really sadistic. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think this is uh, uh, David here. After running up a 20-point lead with four minutes left in the NFC Championship game, all 22 starters simultaneously clutch their knees and fall from ACL injuries, <laughs> lose on a Hail Mary touchdown pass after tipped backwards three times by Vikings defenders. Okay. that's All right. Now that can't be the only one left standing. Yeah. I'm- that's not going to happen. Well, here's another one. The Packers come, not happen. The Packers come back from the dead, make the playoffs, and then beat you at US Bank Stadium. He says Brett Hundley on here, but I think by then Aaron Rodgers would yeah. be back. So Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that one either. Man. So, some of those I'd be concerned about. The four bath miss, absolutely. <laughs> be concerned about that one. Yep.
Uh, keep them coming. We'd love more suggestions. We can make this a theme throughout the show. So tweet us at Phil Mackey, at 1500 ESPN Judd, uh, at 1500 ESPN. How get, will the season end? Need to get past these fears. Need to get well, through Let's put them, them all out there. Let's, need to, let's need confront to work the fears. Through them. I know exactly right. It's m and at the end of 8 Mile. Here, tell tell me something they, they <laughs> don't know about me. Uh, quarterback cesspool challenge, week 12, when we come back. Mackie and Judd are back. Are you ready to kick it up? On 1500 ESPN. I had as an impressive of Sunday as you can possibly have. In fact, I'm considering walking away right now from this entire project and retiring because well, my no- Sunday was so great. There's nothing better you can do. In fact, let's let's build up to this, to the, the great achievement, Judd Zolgad, with the performance of the year in the quarterback cesspool challenge. So if you're new to the segment every week, we try to highlight the atrocious quarterback play in the NFL. So we celebrate the worst of the worst, and then we attempt uh, with our challenge to pick the worst of the worst going forward. We can only pick each quarterback once, which makes it more challenging as you go along here. Like, oh, man, I already used C.J. Beathard. But thankfully, quarterbacks get benched and new guys come in, and that's where Judd took advantage uh, last week. So let's start with highlighting Week 11's worst quarterback performances with uh, this man on national television. Deep backfield into traffic, intercepted by Darby. And that's the second pick of Prescott tonight. Dak Prescott, in a matchup of second-year quarterbacks, NFC East rivals, was atrocious against the Eagles. Now, he's without a left tackle and Ezekiel Elliott, and so he's kind of stripped of some of his armor there. But Dak Prescott was the third-worst quarterback in the league, according to ESPN's QBR. All right. Then there was this man who I picked last week. Pretty good, uh, pretty good pick of a cesspool quarterback. Kaiser intercepted by AJ Boye. The throw sailed on Kaiser right into AJ Boye's hands for his fourth interception of the season. Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser. That was from earlier in the year, but Deshaun Kaiser, because uh, he said fourth interception of the season, and he has like 15 of them, I think now. Uh, I've been misspoke. I don't know. It was a Jags interception. Okay. Oh, it was the okay. The Jaguar guy had his fourth interception yes. of the season. Because Deshaun Kaiser, if he played a full season and wasn't benched every other game, would have like thirty in a passing era. But without a shadow of a doubt, the worst performance not only of the week, but the worst quarterback performance of the season and maybe of our lifetimes. And Judd Zolgad picked this man to ride into the sunset. <laughs> Nathan Peterman. Peterman rolling and throwing off the hands of DeMarco and intercepted. He floats one and that's intercepted. Pressure coming. Peterman hit and that is his third interception of the day. Did he pick that off? Casey Hayward may have another interception. And that's the fifth interception today thrown by Peterman. You know, I remain confident in Nathan and and you know there were some plays yesterday. I know he wants back. There was also some plays where, when you look at it, you say that's that was pretty darn good. You know, um, hard to see. Like, come on, dude. I come be- on, I, dude. I believe that Nathan Peterman and I deserve some type of lifetime achievement quarterback cesspool award, and we should all just walk away from this whole thing. Uh, what, what went into your scouting strategy to pick Nathan Peterman, Judd? I think you should. Yeah, you should give us some insight. Oh, let me be honest, say. Judd. Look, let me tell you right now, I was, he got drafted in what, the fifth or sixth round? And so, fifth round. And so I was, he was yeah, he was so a, a since pit he's been drafted, I've been thinking to myself, the Bills should play him and I bet he would stink. 
But they didn't play him, and they didn't play him. Well, then finally, sources told me early last week that there was a good chance the Bills were going to make the quarterback change. And when I found that out, I said to myself, I am all over this one. Sources. So my sources turned out to be, and I Hmm. will not reveal them. You can torture me. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you who those people were. I will. But they told me that Peterman was going to start. And so I said, I'm on this. I am on this 0.3 QBR. That's what I got. Is it the same source that said, Judd, you get first pick and you've already made your selection, but I'll allow you to change or else I'm taking Peterman? You might not be aware of this, but as a veteran, respected (laughs) National Football League writer, I would never reveal those people, nor would I allude to them in any conversation. Just (laughs) double-checking. I just want to make it very clear I will not reveal my sources. Dude, on the... the secret safe with me, Rich Spielman. (laughs) On the McDermott, it's McDermott, Sean McDermott, right? That's the guy's name, the the coach. When your quarterback throws five picks in the first half, you can't come up to the podium and talk about like the film that you saw and the good things that he did, right? Oh, actually, you can. Like, and he did. Are you serious? He's dead serious. He's dead serious. He might bring him back. You never know. Poor Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he sort of stinks, but he doesn't. Well, it would have not like that. It would have been career suicide. But Tyrod Taylor, it would have felt great for the for the second half of that game. When they come to you at halftime and say, "Hey, we we made a mistake. We, we got to put. We're going to put you in the game." And be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've already showered. And I'm in my I'm in my suit and tie. Go bleep yourselves." In fact, I might have gotten out there if I was Tyrod Taylor and thrown five interceptions on purpose just to stick it to the Buffalo Bills, idiot management and head coach. Anyways, uh, the quarterback cesspool challenge. We uh, are limited to only picking one quarterback each, so it makes it challenge. You got to go along and. You got to find those uh, hidden gems. There's a bunch of gems still on the board yep. for this week. I'll have Dave do the controls on this. Uh, but Dave was last week's loser because he rode Ryan Fitzpatrick to a pretty good performance, actually, and that's not what we're looking for yeah. in the quarterback cesspool challenge. It was tough last week. You guys having the first two picks and picking the two worst quarterbacks in the league. I really didn't have an opportunity, but certainly could have done done better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I'm going to try to fix that with a very savage pick this week. Tom Savage. Bill Mackey has referred to him as old reliable in the quarterback cesspool challenge. Though last week, he was anything but reliable, at least as a cesspool quarterback. He did complete almost 70% of his passes, 230 yards, and a couple touchdowns in a win over the Cardinals. But remember, there was also one interception, and that is key. Remember, those interceptions come time and time again. And this week, with the Texans going on the road to Baltimore, taking on the Ravens, look for a return to where Tom Savage belongs, mired in that cesspool. Tom Savage, old reliable, always good for a couple of devastating interceptions. Uh, all right, gentlemen, feeling good. About, I'm kind of on a roll here with uh, bad quarterbacks. And when I saw this man against this defense, Blaine Gabbert against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was too good to pass up. He's my pick in the Week 12 quarterback cesspool challenge. Blaine Gabbert! Wow, how about this? Back into a starting role, a former first-round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last week, a starter for the Cardinals. He didn't have a bad day. 
As far as real quarterbacking goes, 65% completions, three touchdowns. However, he did have a couple interceptions in a loss to the Texans this week. His Cardinals come back home. He'll be starting once again against his former team. That's right, a tough Jacksonville Jaguars defense coming to town, looking to put Blaine right back where he belongs, right back where they know him well, in the middle of the cesspool. Come on, Blaine. All right. Just got to be yourself. That's Just be yourself. Good. Don't try to... Don't try to do too much. And so I go last, and the question that everyone is asking is, how do you follow greatness with a pick this week, Judd? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, with all due respect, Mike McCarthy, you're not right about the guy that I'm about to take for this Sunday. Brett Hundley! Week in, week out, this guy is a top-notch choice as a cesspool quarterback. Coming off a shutout loss, that's right, shutout in Lambeau Field by the Baltimore Ravens. And Huntley, he was horrible, completing under 60% of his passes, three interceptions to no touchdowns. He was absolutely terrible. That means he should be a great pick using that three years of tutelage under Mike McCarthy as the Packers now have to go on the road for a Sunday night football matchup against the Steelers. I'll be waiting all day for Sunday night and this cesspool performance. So there it is. Those are the picks. And by the way, for punishments, uh, I'm on the hook for one from last week. Dave is on the hook now for a punishment for losing, uh, uh, I guess, me two weeks ago, Dave last week. Mm -hmm. Cesspool job. So many choices left. Well, you volunteered off the so air to do choices, to do male yoga. Yep, with a uh, a costume, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which very disturbingly, you said resides in your car right now. Yeah, in the trunk. Yeah, in the trunk of your car, which really sort of scares me because I guess my next question is, what else is in the trunk? Well, the costume goes hand in hand with the things that would yeah, be in the trunk. I understand that. Yep. That's why I'm bothered by it. Uh, so we need we need to root for at least two Judd losses the next six weeks, Dave, because we need him to do morning updates for sure. And now male yoga with a costume. I want to know what makes yoga either female or male. Why can't it just be yoga? Well, just a male doing yoga. It's kind of sexist, I think. A male doing yoga? This is a fact. Male yoga? Yoga for men. Yeah, Diamond Dallas Page? Have some male McDonald's in front of you there? <laughs> okay, it is a little sexist. You doing male radio? I just want to see Judd in tight pants embarrassing himself. Okay, that's all I want to see. <laughs> I just can you, you bring? Want, your... I just heard you want to hear. See, you want to see Judd in tight pants. Yeah, it's very disturbing. That's again. all I. That's the second thing. Dave, today. didn't you say uh, that you Phil. had some tight like joggers pants that we could put on Judd for this experiment? Uh, I have a pair, but they ain't going on Judd. <laughs> there is no new no way. What do you mean? <laughs> Why? Can't, I, I thought we were buddies. Why can't I wear them? Uh, no. You sure? Yeah. That's very hurtful. You've what are you enough. most worried about when Judd puts those? I mean, what's going to happen? What, what's the worst that could happen? I they know how split? much hair you have on your back. I don't want to know how much oh, is below. What have you seen my back? Oh. Have you looked at what, what? Have you looked at my back? I've never taken my shirt off in front of you. Actually, you did like two weeks ago when you had to do the Kevin Bacon shirt. No, I purposely didn't show. No. Oh no, I saw it. No, you I saw it. Looks at my back. That's just creepy. God, you guys are creeping me out. I'm an old man. All Stop right. it. It's very it's taken a very weird turn. This is making me uncomfortable. So let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, where you can find the best service department and showroom in the Twin Cities, and where you can find the all-new 2018 Camry with upgraded innovative technology. Uh, we're, we're talking all kinds of safety features as well. Intelligent clearance sonar that uh, from every angle 
your car will basically shout at you uh, whether there's a, a car behind, a car in front. You're in parking lots. It's crowded. Reverse cam has been a feature in the Camry and the Corolla and uh, most Toyota models for a number of years now. But go in and ask for a test drive. Go talk to Paula, Tony, Badu, all my friends in that showroom area and ask for them to show you the upgrades on the 2018 Camry, which you can get into for $199 a month with a uh, minimal down payment on a 36-month lease. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. There's so many opinions. Every morning, people tune into you guys and get a good one. Mackey and Judd. Not a good one, just a great one and an honest one. And not just yelling back and forth. On 1500 ESPN. Now on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a $25 Fandango gift card. Thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota Shop, where Mackey shops. At Luther Brookdale Toyota, head to 1500ESPN.com. Click on that stream player to find out how to win. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Uh, real quick, a, a quick baseball thing for you here. Did you see the letter that Joe Morgan sent to Hall of Fame voters no. this morning? No. This is pretty interesting. So Joe Morgan, you know, legendary yeah, arm flap. Yeah, arm flap, second baseman. And second baseman, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. And he sent a letter here. I'm, I'm grabbing just an excerpt of this from Jeff uh, Passan. And um, it reads like this. This is just a small snippet of it. But it's basically, it's a letter that Joe Morgan wrote to Hall of Fame voters pleading for them to not vote for steroid guys. Steroid users, Joe Morgan writes, steroid users knew they were taking a drug that physically improved how they played. Taking steroids is a decision It's the deliberate act of using chemistry to change how hard you hit and throw by changing what your body is made of. I'm going to read that first sentence again. Joe Morgan is saying, don't vote for steroid guys because, quote, steroid users knew they were taking a drug that physically improved how they played. Well, if doing something or taking something that physically improves how you played, if that's the line we're going to draw in the sand... Couldn't I open a whole nother cabinet of amphetamines and any sort of supplement that wouldn't be steroids, but is more than just spinach, you know, that you're eating from a salad? I mean, that that's where I have a hard time really being hard on steroid guys because, well, you're taking something that's making your performance better. Right. But like I had LASIK surgery and my eyes are better and I'm a better hitter. So... Well, like you can't draw the line at doing or or taking something that physically improves how you play. Five hour energy improves. Back how you up play. a second from that though, and here here's here's the biggest problem. This entire thing since it started has been a guessing game. I mean, there's an entire era of guys that might have or might not have done the these things. And guess what? With the way that science works, there's a fighting chance that today guys are doing something now because it's not it's not steroids as we knew them then, right? It's performance enhancing things, and the performance enhancing drugs are always one or two steps ahead of the testers. So that's the problem. The problem to me is the people that are voting for these things are guessing. I mean they they know a couple guys. They are almost positive of a few more guys. And then there's a generation of guys that you think might have done it, but you're not sure, so you let them. The the biggest problem here is there is no list of, if you wanted to punish the people that did it and there was a list, we could talk. But there's not a list. I almost wish we would just acknowledge that, you know what, 
numbers were up because guys found things to put in their bodies that made them stronger, and that's what the 90s were. It's it's so hard to draw these lines of like what's acceptable, what's not, what the effect was, what wasn't, um, what should be acceptable, what isn't acceptable. I'm not saying that steroids were that like that. Well, steroids were acceptable, and no, the, ster- I'm not saying that like you, that you shouldn't be held accountable to some degree for for having done steroids. What I am saying is we draw a lot of arbitrary lines, and Joe Morgan's drawing one in this letter to Hall of Fame voters. Well, you did something or took something that physically improved how you played. Whoa, okay, I didn't know that was the standard. Because, you know, I had a protein shake for breakfast and I have more energy now. Like, okay, I have more energy now than I would have if I didn't put that thing in my body. But because we're drawing arbitrary lines, that's the thing. Like, if I get my vision corrected with a laser, that's acceptable in society and in baseball. Right. It's but legal. if I put something in my body that makes me stronger a and hit a baseball further, that's so not acceptable. That. And I and I just think that that's interesting. I I understand I understand the lines that are drawn, but the issue is people are voting for things and they don't know they are making assumptions as they vote. I mean, at least with Pete Rose, you're told flat out he's off the ballot. Okay, so you can't vote for him. So he's off the ballot. That's he's done. So, so you, if you want to vote for him, you can't, and that is gone. The issue you run into here is Bonds and Clemens, and you go down that that list. I mean, Jeff Bagwell had to wait longer than he probably should have because there was an assumption made that he might have done this because of when he played and how he looked, but they mm-hmm. weren't certain. So inevitably, he was going to get in. That's why this makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. I just like Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds is one of the greatest hitters of all time. And Roger He's and Roger Clemens, if he hadn't, if, if Roger Clemens had gone away when he probably should have, he is too. But Rod, but Roger got some help, came back, and continued to pitch well, and and he's penalized for that, and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. All I know is that there is a ton of guessing going on when it comes to, to this entire process. And the other thing is, every single voter is making up their own rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, back to our. Uh, how will the Viking season end scenarios, which we're getting on Twitter from people? Let me read a couple more here. By the way, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Matthew chimes in. Keenum blows up in the NFC Championship game, and all of Teddy's bobos will never let us hear the end of it. Well, that is true. Like, if that happens, the it'll Ted be the ultimate go, I told you so. But yeah. heads will go crazy. Uh, Adam says, playoff loss. Not expecting soul-crushing scenario, though. More of a simple situation where we can't keep up with a better quarterback on the opponent's team, like 1999 with Jeff George versus that Rams okay. offense. Yeah, but if you, I mean, that would be the Patriots. Yeah, but if you lose like that, it's not as soul crushing as a colossal mistake that you commit that costs you the game. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, Randy in Cottage Grove, Randy. you're on the show. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I guess you were going to decide to chat about baseball there for a minute, huh? Because it's November. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, uh, we like to mix it up a little bit here once in a while. I think we've done uh, wall-to-wall football and spent 30 seconds yeah, on baseball, well, that's Randy. Right. That's okay. You take a look at the ratings, okay? That's what people want. So yeah. I got a question about uh, – I want to get back into some football here, and I want to uh, question about what you guys think uh, – Hey, before you dive into the question, hey, pack. Randy, real quick, our did I did I, pack, what? did I see that, you, uh, that you're going to skip Thanksgiving on your Twitter account? Did we see that correctly? Well, yeah. Uh, it's a. I'm not skipping so much as as I'm boycotting. Uh, you know, uh, it's a long story, but uh, my my spouse, her her family, uh, they they had a decision to make 
when the schedule came out, I said, if that game matters, and it matters, you bet your ass it matters. If that game matters, I ain't coming to Thanksgiving if you're doing it at, you know, everybody's going to gather at, at, at 11 for some, some merriment, and then we're going to sit around and talk a bit, and then the, the big meal's at 1. Uh-uh, no, I can't be doing that. Not, not, not on Thursday. So I said, you switch the time. Just like they flex games, we can flex the meal. That's what I asked for, and they refused. I mean, like, but but don't they have a TV somewhere in the house that you could just oh, keep an eye on the game? And the Danny, I don't know how you watch football, Jeff, but the way I the way I watch, I'm all in. Okay, I got to be 110 percent focused. Okay, I can't have someone walking in front of the screen. I can't have someone yelling about pie or, or you know who who needs a beer. First of all, when I sit down to watch a game, I got six beers right next to me in a cooler. Okay, and I don't get up till the half. And then I refill those six, and I sit back down for the second half, okay? That's how I watch, and I'm focused. And I can't be having all this background noise. I can't be having her uncle Jeff talking talking about who's going to go outside and throw around the, the, the football. Are you kidding me? With this kind of a big game, with this kind of implications going, so uh-uh, I ain't going. I'm not going, okay? I'm going to be at home. I'm going to be watching the game by myself, and if we win, and we will, because I told you guys we ain't going to lose the rest of the way. I've been right so far. When we win, I said winning you win. I'm going to go over there afterwards. I'll take a Uber over there afterwards, and I'll taunt all those guys and say, are you happy you ate turkey instead of watching us? Yeah. He's exactly right. Eliminate family, watch football. This is one time I got to agree with the the big man. I think Randy's right. There's nothing more annoying than people trying to talk to you, especially family, ancillary family, during football games, especially Vikings. Not to mention the Uncle Jeff who wants to throw the football outside. Do you think that's why he calls everyone Jeff? I think that guy has had such a negative impact on his life. He just refers to everybody as Jeff. It's, it's, it's Jeff PTSD. Yes. With everyone he talks to.